Hello, my friend, and welcome to this episode of Guru in Your Ear. I am Dennis Gebhardt, along with my teaching partner, Max Massiano. Max, how are you, brother? Hey, man, I am doing good. How about yourself, Dennis? I'm good. I love your microphone. I got to get mine <laughs> out, man. Dang it. Happy to happy to contribute. With you know, say this, say this is KFWB playing the rock and roll of today. Oh, it's W-C-O-L-O-R. There you go. <laughs> I love it. All right. So look, um, been a little while since we had a we did a podcast. Uh, I know that you have some things you wanted to talk about this morning. And so let's let's chat. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me, you tell know, me, tell me. I was really fortunate to be included in a text thread with some some really solid educators. And we kind of got on the subject of banding. And, and at the end of this uh, whole conversation, I had a revelation, which we'll share at the end. But I thought, just, you know, really kind of demystifying what banding is, and the different ways that it could occur might be great for our listeners. Well, yeah, I think so. Because it's a broad, again, it's one of those broad terms. Yeah. And we talk about it, but we don't, I've never heard anybody really address you know, number one, why does it happen? Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's not one reason. That's the thing I think is amazing is that we think it's one reason only. There's more than one reason. And and the funny thing is, it has to do not with the chemicals, not directly. It has to do with the behavior of the colorist. That's right. <laughs> so, And the behavior up? of the canvas, right? The of hair is course. also... But the colorist is in charge of that, right? Well, they're supposed to be. They're right? supposed, they're supposed to, be. to be, yeah. They're supposed to be able to evaluate that canvas right. and try to predict how it's going to respond. So let's talk about uh, the one we all learned in beauty school. Mm. Okay, Don't overlap when you're doing your retouch. Don't apply beyond the line of demarcation. Now, I just want whoever's listening, I want you to stop for a minute. You can put us on pause. I want you to go to social media and I want you to watch some of those applications. <laughs> You're going to see overlap on virtually everything. <laughs> and, and so here's the reason is because that hair that's growing out, that's already previously chemically treated. Now you're coloring virgin hair, which is, is going to react a little bit differently. But then when you overlap, you've got, number one, additional porosity in that hair. And we know what happens when we apply color to hair that has porosity. Most often, if the color goes what we call sideways, is that it pulls the base of the color. It starts looking deeper. We start seeing shadows. Right. And so so that's the traditional one. And it, that's the reason why it may happen. <clears throat> so you say to yourself, well, how do I avoid it? Really simple. Don't overlap. Yeah. Don't overlap. And Dennis, to take that another step further, what if you're dealing with a regrowth that's longer than a half an inch? Because we have those clients who sometimes like to right. stretch out their service and they think they're saving themselves money. However. Well, I, I have two ways of answering that question. Number one, simply 
don't let them go beyond that half inch. You know, they should be coming back in every 30 days. I think we encourage that uh, by saying when a client says, how long will my color last? Because we have a big heart. We don't want them to, to feel negative. So we say, oh, four to six weeks. Well, if you give me a range and I'm looking at, well, I have to invest, I'm going to take the end of the range. So I'm going to wait for the six weeks. And when I come back, then... It's beyond that soft keratinized protein, that first half inch. You're now into hard keratin. And there's no way that that's going to work the same. It's going to create a shadow. So here's okay. what I here's how I resolve that in my salon with new clients. When they say, how soon should I come back? Or when they push back on me, when I tell them they need to come in every 30 days. I say hair grows from a quarter of an inch to a half an inch every 30 days. So when you come back for your next appointment... I will take a section of your hair. I will hold it out from your head. I will lay my hands at your scalp. And if there is naturally pigmented hair extending beyond the width of my finger, I will not charge you for a retouch. I will charge you for a virgin retouch. Those are more expensive. However, if you come in and I lay my fingers there and you don't have naturally pigmented hair extending beyond the width of my fingers, it will simply be a retouch fee. So what I've done is I actually shared the responsibility of maintaining their hair. It's like when you get your car worked on mm -hmm. and your mechanic says, <clears throat> here's when you need to bring the car back. And you say, oh, I don't have time. I can't. I'm busy. And you extend beyond the time. And now the mechanic says, I'm sorry, it's going to cost more to service your car. Why? Because you extend extended it beyond the time required. So that's the way I would approach approach that. What kind of ideas do you have for that, Max? Well, again, we've now just covered that you can actually get banding when you're trying to lighten the hair. And, you can. And now we've also established you can get banding when you're maybe deepening the hair, covering gray, extending past that line of demarcation. But Dennis, what about those ladies who get really dark around their hairline? Well, that is hair where the texture is different. And so if the denier of the hair is much finer, that hair, that hair, fine hair, we know will uptake more color than medium or coarser textures of hair. And so by uptaking more color, we're going to get those shadows around the front of the hairline. So we need to probably, if it's really extremely fine around there, we need to use more than one formulation. That's really quite simple. But yeah. I think we don't think about that. You know, the things we're talk talking about, they make sense. But the average hairdresser, and if you're an exception to this and you're listening, good for you. So I'm sending you high fives. But the average hairdresser, we can only judge by the industry standard, um, doesn't really notice that at all. Right. Well, and then let's say, you know, because not everyone's going to want to mix up two formulas, right? We just right. know this just right. based on our experience. So would you say, you know, typically we've been taught that, you know, always apply to where the hair is the whitest, or mm -hmm. has the most gray, right? Right. But if we know we're going to get this banding around the face, around that front hairline, right? 
could we say if we didn't want to mix up a separate formula, maybe omit the front, apply to the back, let the back process for a little bit, and then apply to the front, but just reducing the timing? Oh, absolutely. You can take that first eighth inch around the front of the hairline, just take it out and apply your product to the rest of the head. And then when it's processed for a while, then you can take that, take a dry brush, a clean dry brush, pick up that eighth of an inch and just push it back into the color behind it. And it will saturate it. And so you'll get your color, but it won't, it'll, you're, you're really under processing it on the finer hair, which is probably makes more sense anyway, because that hair is going to lose color quicker. Anyway, right. how many of you have those clients with fine hair around the front of the hairline that come in three days after you've covered their gray and they say, the color washed out of my hair? Well, no, right. the fine hair around your hairline gave up some of the color because the cortex was not big enough. The core of the hair was not big enough to hold on to the pigment. It's like we say, it's a matter of real estate sometimes. It is. It is exactly. And you know so, what? Let's talk about lightning. Lightning here. We we talked about in a normal color service, but we people go through this with high lift blondes too. Absolutely. You know, they they will go through this and like one time they'll get great lift, and the next time they don't get the same amount of lift, and they go, "Well, what's wrong? What's wrong with the product?" It's not always the product. Here's the thing: when you're using high lifting colors. The section of hair you take will determine how much lightness can be created. Test this yourself. If I take finer sections of hair, when I'm trying to maximize my lift, I will get lighter. If I take thicker sections of hair, I will not get as light. I will lose a half a level to a level of lift. And that can cause bands to be created in the same head that has always been great for you, but now suddenly it's not coming up the way you expected. It's nothing wrong with the product. It Most of the time is the way that you're applying it. Absolutely. And one of the, the key things with high lift color, you know, that I learned early on is I actually worked for a company that had a high lift product that was considered sort of the industry standard Yep. in high lift products but those chemists were like pack it on yeah were, if you were doing a retouch you like wanted as you pulled one section into the next you wanted to see that color actually push up through onto the hair that you haven't even applied to yet and right. they were like the heavy the more heavy-handed you are with your application for a global high lift blonding service, the more even your lift is going to be and your your end result is going to be so much cleaner. So Max, let me ask you now that you've mentioned that, and you're absolutely right. What other directive of another hair, hair color product does what you just said apply to? Well, lightener. <laughs> yeah. And what have we said for so many years is that it's just simply a bleaching product. That's what it is. Right. And so absolutely, you know, 
so your application is going to change. Your skill set has to change when you're yeah. using a lightning product, extreme extreme lightning product, not just bleach, but high lift tents even, because yeah. they're nothing more than an oil bleach. With a tiny bit of pigment in them. Yeah. Tiny. A spit, I guess it would yeah. be. The only way I could measure it, and I hate measurements like that. I can't quantify a spit, but that's <laughs> That's what, I, that's what I would say. So Dennis, yes. you know, what I'm really getting from this conversation we're having too, is it's like, you know, it, and I get it. We all are typically short on time, but, you know, if you don't have the ability to, let's say, make two formulas or adjust your timing accordingly or whatever it is, you, you really need to sort of pick your battles with these types of situations and find out from the client what's more important. Right. You know, is coverage important or are they okay seeing a little bit, you know, of a band because they don't want to be processed for, you know, 45 minutes or whatever the scenario is. You know, there is not one cure-all handling to make you do it right other than doing it right the first time right right and and max that really leaves us with one other type of banding result that you will get mm -hmm. and that is relates to exactly your conversation yesterday that's right and it was it was such a, a revelation because we were starting to talk about this girl's formula on her client and her client was completely 100% white or 100% non-pigmented hair. And she was a great coverage formula, but she was a redhead. So she had a retouch formula applied to her scalp that had a lot of natural shade applied into it. So very heavy in what we call background. And then as her retouch was processing, my colleague, she applied a refreshing formula, also with permanent hair color. And, you know, like all of these, all of my other colleagues in the text thread were like, well, did you clarify the hair? Did you, you know, what's in your formula? What's this? What's that? Did you stand on your head? And I didn't even realize I had said this until after I said it, but I said, well, you guys, logically speaking, where those two hair color formulas meet a different formula is being introduced you're actually creating a third formula yeah, absolutely and you're you're kind of blending it over two different canvases of hair so some of the ends formulas probably getting into some of the new growth and some of the new growth formulas getting into the ends so yeah you would totally have a band just where the two meet and my solution was why don't you just do it in two processes and explain this to the client? Yes, I absolutely. Because if you, first of all, if you don't understand what background tone and reflect are, we encourage you to come to one of our programs, you know, hair color school would be the best thing for you. Well, hair color school, mm -hmm. our fall session starts October the 9th. Um, but if you can't get to hair color school, we're going to talk about my new book, Captain Color versus the Pigment Pirates, where you can learn about, uh, background tone and reflect 
But I think sometimes we don't realize that. And if any of you listened to the last podcast that I did called The Retouch, we were talking about the fact that um, when we refresh on the mids and the ends, our habits are to match what we did previously. Mm-hmm. And what we have to remember is that that entire color molecule that we created in the hair strand has not yet broken down completely. So there's still some background already in there. So when Max talks about a variation of canvases, you have the new canvas with the new, with the color, which has a strong amount of background because it's a natural series because it was a great coverage. Am I right, Max? That's right. Then you have the outgrowth, which is a previous colored section of hair, which means it still has some of the structure from the previous color in it. So as you apply that that matching color, you're you're going to get some depth because even red, red on red on red on red, it's not red anymore. It starts mm-hmm. to brick out. You start That's to lose right. that vibrancy. So, <clears throat> so these are things that we need to keep in mind because this is what can cause those bands. And then we get into the situation where we can't remove them. And it, it, you know, it's devastating for us. And a lot of people that do root shadows are getting that same thing nowadays because what you create a root shadow with is depend, will determine how successful your next color application will be as far as being even. So um, I think that that's the thing as salon professionals, we have to assess the different variations in the texture of the hair. And I agree with you that if that was the scenario, it would be so much easier just to go ahead and do the base and then glaze over the whole thing. I mean, I totally agree. And what was so funny was that, you know, my colleague was like the client, doesn't want to do it in two process. She doesn't like to be in the salon for that long of a time. And I was just like, well, you're going to have to have the tough conversation with her that if she doesn't want to band, that's just how it's going to have to be. Or, you know, know, this makes me laugh. It's like, she, what she told you, she doesn't want to do it that way. Yeah. That's it's like telling your surgeon, uh, nah, I don't want you to do that. I want you to do this. I don't Why? want you to take my appendix out. Yeah. I want you to take my liver out. Why do whatever. we do that? Right. Why do we do that? You know, there, there is, a, you can do anything you want, but there is a, you, do you want it to be successful or is it a time? That's what I would say to that client. I would do my standby. Yeah. I have a grease pencil that I keep at my station and so when I have a client who push back, pushes back on me on money, investment, or on time, I say, okay, great. And so I write a big dollar sign and I write the word time. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I write time versus success. Mm-hmm. And I say, okay, I'm going to go to the back room. I'll be back. When I come back, I want you to tell me which of these are most important for you and your service today. And so I go to the back room and I count 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004. Then I turn around and I walk back out and I say, which one is most important? Well, success. Okay, then time is no longer an issue. Yeah. 
Well, no, time's important. Well, then we're not going to be able to achieve what you want in one visit. It's up to you. You know, it's a, those kinds of things. It's like we try to make color. We try to make the clients happy because yeah. that's what we want. We don't want them to be unhappy. But we try to do that sometimes by compromising our ability to achieve success. Absolutely. And, and again, yeah. you know, picking your battles, right? Yeah. Want it. Believe me, if that client walks out of your salon and she's got a band line in her hair and someone sees that, she's not going to say, oh, yeah, that's because I didn't want him to do it in two steps. Yeah. She's going to say, yeah, I got my hair done over here. Yeah. So. So bands are, they can be avoided if we practice best practices. Always. I mean, what we've talked about in this podcast is not anything that's brand new. It's not earth shattering. It's just pay attention to what you know works. Yeah. You know? All right. So and Max. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Did I cut you off? Oh, no, I was just going to say, like we always say, you know, really learn to make intelligent choices. You bet. You know. Absolutely. So let's zip this up by saying, first of all, thank you all so much for listening today. Hopefully you found something here that uh, you find beneficial. If you do, do us a huge favor. Please share it with your friends because our goal is to help salon professionals grow and help them have more success and help them discover their genius. Now, remember, you can find our podcast now on three different platforms currently. You can find us on Anchor FM, you can find us on Spotify, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts. We also invite you to come and uh, follow us on Instagram. You can find me at Real Captain Color. You can find Max at Max M Hair. And finally, uh, we invite you to go to our YouTube channel and check out our programs, Rabbit Trails, and the chat on YouTube, and that's under Guru Nation. Now, if you've learned some things here that you didn't know before or it just kind of was a wake-up call for you and you want to further your education, there's several ways you can do it. You can attend one of our educational programs. Uh, you can do that by simply going to my bio and Instagram and clicking on the Linktree link and then the uh, Guru Nation educational catalog. You can also purchase uh, my brand new book called Captain Color versus the Pigment Pirates. And uh, it will, it really has uh, pretty much everything that we teach at Guru Nation. And uh, it's something that was designed to help the hair colorist keep it as a handbook so it becomes a resource for you to use. Uh, That's so, right. It's an amazing resource for the colorist who wants to move beyond being locked in with those same five formulas yes. and really take control of their hair color journey. You bet. You bet. So uh, lots of things here today. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we appreciate um, your belief in what we teach at Guru Nation and uh, we appreciate uh, your loyalty and following us. So, Max, I think it's time to uh, take a break. Thank you, my friend, so much for joining me today. Absolutely, Dennis. It's my and, pleasure. And to uh, our listeners, from my heart to yours, I am Captain Color. I am out. Max, how about you? I am out also. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.
The preceding was a production of Guru Nation, a brand neutral educational resource for salon professionals.